Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Girlboss Radio from Panoply. I'm Sophia Amoruso, the founder of NastyGal.com, the author of the New York Times bestselling book, Hashtag Girlboss, and the author of Nasty Galaxy, a beautiful, fully illustrated, and linen-bound book with everything from how-tos to a trip inside my house and my closet, to Q&As with different girl bosses who inspire me and should inspire you. You can reserve your signed copy today on NastyGal.com slash book. On this podcast, I interview different women who've carved out a path for themselves. We trace them from her first job to how she got to where she is today to extract solid advice for our listeners who are doing the same with their lives. To stay in touch with all things Girlboss, please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Girlboss. You can sign up for our newsletter, Girlboss Diary, by going to girlboss.com. And there's a special contest this week, so really check out girlboss.com. You can win something really, really awesome. And follow me at Sophia Amoruso, Sophia with a P-H, Amoruso, A-M-O-R-U-S-O, on Twitter and Instagram. You guys, I hope Girlboss Radio helps you to achieve your goals, or at the very least provides some amount of inspiration for you. So please help us achieve our goals. This is a pretty new podcast. We're up against people that have been doing this for a decade. Please subscribe on iTunes and share the love on social media. We recently were in the top 10, I think, on <laughs> iTunes, and we're all over the place. But with your help, um, we by subs- be number one. with subscribing and telling your friends about Girlboss Radio, we can get there. All right. Today's guest is Julie Greenbaum, the co-founder and chief revenue officer of Fuck Cancer. But first, Liz Carey is back on the show, who you can find at the Liz Carey on Instagram. We'll be talking about the highs and lows of our week, our girl boss moments, and of course, your girl boss moments. Liz. Sophia. How are you doing? I'm pretty good. It's definitely, um, it's a weekday. It doesn't really feel like summer. You know what? It felt like summer for me because my kid had poison ivy. Oh, no. Yeah, you don't want to get that. And he went away to summer camp. Yeah, he did. But um, don't ever get poison ivy. Don't get it on your privates? Well, just wherever you touch. Oh, Apparently, my gosh. it just... Yeah. It got everywhere. 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 It just everywhere. Poor kid. Poor and kid. So now he went away to summer camp with um, poison ivy? He's fine. Or He's poison oak. I think they're the same. No, they're not. They're totally different plants. Poison really? ivy's on the East Coast. Poison oak is on the West Coast. Okay, so he got poison oak. He got poison oak. Unless he went a, somewhere a, and I don't know about it's it. It's a thing that happens when you grow up in California. Mm-hmm. It just happens. It's like I've never had it. I've had it a few times. It sucks. You get and some cream. You get over it. Did you get it in your butt? I got it on the inside of my butt. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just so we're all on the same page. Okay. So it seems like everybody gets it and then touches their <laughs> their eyes and their butt right away. Mm. So anyway, enough on that. Yeah. It feels summery for me because of that. Yeah. Not um, summery for you? No, I don't know why. It's warm outside, but yeah. I think I'm just like, I've been in LA long enough to where I'm not like, oh my God, barbecue yeah. pile in the car. Yeah. You're right. It doesn't feel that summery. It's not like barbecue time. I haven't bought a new raft or anything. Oh, yeah. Um, hi. Hi. What else? You went and saw a documentary? God, that doc- I can't say enough about that documentary. Who's Norman Lear? Really? Yeah. He wrote some of the best, craziest TV shows ever. Like what? Like All in the Family, you know, okay. Archie Bunker. Yeah. Uh, the Jeffersons. Okay. So you saw a documentary. Yeah, he's 93 and he's amazing. And I have to say, I hate using that word inspired. It just sounds so cheesebally, but I really was kind of super inspired by him. Documentaries are good for that. Yeah. And he gave a talk afterward and it just, 
reinvigorated everything that I want to do and why I do it. And that's so cool. I had a really good time. Yeah. yeah. Um, I stopped by the set for the TV oh, yeah. show last week. It was really cool. They're filming in the lobby. Um, it's supposed to be the lobby of the Academy of Art University where yeah. I used to work. And they literally got permission to use like the Academy of Art logo, oh, like the awesome. real place. And so um, Norm McDonald is my boss in the oh, lobby. Oh, my God. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Yeah. So he's I like. I fucking love him. He's really funny. And so. How did I miss that? I, there's a whole dynamic between Britt Robertson, who plays right. me, who's there to get health insurance to fix her hernia. And he's. um. And he's just like the boss in the lobby and he's amazing. The exchanges are are awesome. So I feel like I'm gonna be real reliving the last yeah, ten years be. of my life for like the rest of my life. I hope that's not the case. But no. for now it's entertaining. I'm happy to like, <coughs> be me. comedic relief or that the hernia that I had, you know it's, it's good to be the comedic relief. Ten years ago is um inspiration for anything. Yeah. All yeah. right. So Girl boss moments. You guys tweet and Instagram in your girl boss moments with the hashtag girl boss moment. And mm-hmm. that's how we find them. And it's just a time in your week where you feel like you owned your life. Yeah. Um, because there's just so much of our week that even if we chose it a week ago, I show up, my calendar's put together, I'm doing the things I committed to, even though I want to do them for some reason when they're on the calendar. It doesn't feel like I'm in as much control. <laughs> sometimes it's just like escaping your calendar, and yeah. sometimes it's having a full calendar. Right of that. Only you know what your girl boss moment is. There's some good ones. All right, um, let's get into them. Uh, Amelia Corin at Amelia Corin says, "Walked into my first day, w- and within an hour was promoted to manager. What? Only girl on management team. Hashtag girl boss moment. That's amazing. I would say so. You're rising through the ranks, girl." Um, okay, Liz Amber there we at go. Liz Amber ninety three ordered my first batch of business cards today and designed them myself. Whoop, whoop. Oh man, I designed that's a good one. My first few business cards, it's real gratifying. They're fun when you get one in the mail. Lindsey Green <laughs> couldn't find a magazine that combined my passions for beauty and travel, so I created my own at Beauty Atlas Mag out now. Cool, okay, that's awesome. Antonina Naturals says, all displays ordered for my first trade show, Girl Boss Moment. Amazing. Uh-huh. Ooh, displays, visual merchandising. That's fun. Yeah, that's fun. You're like, yeah, whatever. I'm like, eh. Ro- <laughs> no, I like organizing. I'll organize the shit out of something. Rody Lane at Rose Charlie. Manage my first photo shoot for my company, Rody Lane. Sending sending you a robe soon. Cool. <laughs> Cool. This one's really Love good. Ropes. I like par- Karen Polawaksik says, taking to heart Sophie Amoruso's sentiment of finishing things and requesting info on completing my undergrad degree. That's so cool. Boom. Yeah, I didn't go to college, but I really respect finishing things. Four years of anything. Yeah. Like, that's real. That's really yeah. fucking cool. Uh, Danielle Belisle. At Dan- am I saying that right? Maybe. Maybe, yeah. Uh, at Danielle Belisle, ended an unhealthy situation on the third, which means the fourth was also Danielle's Independence Day. Oh, okay, that's a good one. Danielle got her groove back. Oh yeah, she did. Brittany Seiwald, first time buyer, negotiated a lower price for a bigger apartment. That's cool. Yeah, I've never negotiated an apartment. Yeah, to get somebody to go lower on apartment. Good job. I feel like that's usually just like okay, it is what it is. But tell us what you did. How'd you work that out? I know. Yeah, Liz, you're like, I'm like, <laughs> I'm looking around at apartments. You negotiate your rent, don't you? Yeah. Brittany, why don't you tell us how you did that? Congrats. Um, Jennifer at So Sleepy just got to tell my mom that for her birthday, 
She gets an all-expenses-paid trip to Europe. That's so what? sweet. That means that, like, she paid for it. Nice one. That's cool. I, I love Europe, I did that Jennifer. once for one of my parents. You did? Yeah. Um, it wasn't all-expenses-paid, though. <laughs> I was like, here's a gift. You're it's like, going to be expensive. You're like, here's a map for to you Europe. to complete <laughs> the trip. Oh, my God. This okay, is this hysterical. Cool. I like Wonikins. Good Day Victory Beer. Secured a much-anticipated public programming quest, squashed stressful work dream anxieties, met powerful women, help- women helping <laughs> secure my voting rights, saw a 100-year-old photograph of women for suffrage, met challenges, and exceeded expectations, all while I rocked a brand-new coral dress. It's awesome. Okay, wait. It's awesome. This one's kind of funny. Lipstick and muffin girl, you are allowed to have five minutes to be emotional a day. The rest of the day, you just got to put on some gangster rap and deal with it. It's true. Heavy metal is my gangster rap. I've been listening to so much metal, and it feels good. It just feels good to feel bad. Yeah. But I don't feel bad. It makes me feel good, but feel bad music makes me feel good. Yeah. There's some kind of psychology there. I'm not really, I don't know. I don't I, understand it. I kind of like having the five minute rule on being emotional. You and I had that discussion. Five minutes. Five uh, minutes. Sophia and I had a text exchange and she was like, no emotion today. Yeah. I was like, you can't be emotional no. with me because no. I'll, I'll be emotional. Liz, what was your girl boss moment this week? I got to be honest. Watching that documentary, I had a little moment of with myself where seeing that made me so happy to be a writer and in comedy and to not doubt myself, because if you have any doubt in yourself, nobody's going to believe in you. Mm-hmm. And you have to project like what you want to be to become what you can be. And I know that sounds super cheesy and unlike me, <laughs> but positive thinking. I know, guys, try and brace yourself. But I had a positive moment, so we should write <laughs> it on the calendar. But I left there feeling super hopeful and happy about what I do. And I think it kind of reflected in my meetings afterward because I've been having some good work stuff that will keep you posted on so i think that's my moment that's cool believing in myself again. yeah i think that's kind of like my moment too i think it's just you know yeah i talk a lot about personal responsibility and i've just spending been spending a lot of time thinking about my responsibility to myself to my own happiness and mm-hmm. negotiating like our independence when we have so many commitments and so much responsibility you know, I feel like a constant guilt for the things that yeah. I don't have time for. And to just kind of name and claim some time for myself has been really great. And Good. That's what I did last week. Yeah, you deserve yeah. some moments. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Liz. Thanks for, thanks for everything. Thanks. Thanks. On Girlboss Radio, we talk to executives of Fortune 500 companies, women who have achieved fame, and entrepreneurs who've raised millions in VC money. But today, we have a special guest on the show who, yes, is a girl boss at work, but I think she's a girl boss at life. At 25 years old, Julie Greenbaum is the co-founder and chief revenue officer of Fuck Cancer, an organization focused on fighting cancer through prevention, early detection, and supporting those affected by cancer. So far, they've raised over $2 million toward research, digital initiatives, and programming. We're so excited to have Julie in the studio today. Julie, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, and you didn't have to come too far. You just drove out from Venice. It's not too far. That's so nice. Is that your first office? It's our first office. Very exciting. What um, was that like? 
It's cool because I think um, for both myself and my co-founder, it started off as a super grassroots movement, um, you know, working out of our basements in our home. So I think having that shift of having an official office and somewhere yeah. to, to meet was um, was a great moment. I mean, you're only 25. You probably haven't had too many jobs. But like, what was your first job? This is something we ask all of our guests on Girl Boss Radio. Um Mine was like working at Subway, making tuna sandwiches. That's a good one. So, yeah. Um, my first job was a camp counselor. So, oh, cool. yeah, I grew up in Montreal, Canada. Um, summer camp was a really big thing that we did when, when, when the summertime rolled around. So, um, I've been going there for several years and then I kind of just made the transition into being a counselor. And I guess that was my first paying job. Cool. Did you work through college? I didn't work through college. Um, and I was only in college for two years. Yeah. So I dropped out after my second year, halfway through my second year, to really run with F cancer. Okay. Where did you get the idea for fuck cancer? <laughs> okay, good. We're saying it. It's always nice. Um, so my mother passed away six years ago from ovarian cancer. And it was kind of through that that, you know, it started the inception of of me just really wanting to give back and do something positive and kind of engage my generation. Yeah. And um, and it was about a year after she passed away that uh, I threw the first event in Montreal. Is that what it was called? It was called Fuck Cancer? Absolutely. From day one? Day one. It's actually something she had said when she was in the hospital. Oh, wow. So there was a pretty um, pretty powerful moment that we experienced with my family, and, and she said that, and obviously those words really resonated. And yeah. And so tell us what fuck cancer is so we are registered non-for-profit charity um and we focus on three things we focus on prevention early detection and psychosocial support so we build out programs in-house that fall under those three pillars but we also work with other organizations on the ground that focus on those three areas as well okay great and you guys have raised how much to date since merging i'd say a little bit over a million dollars wow and so you throw parties under the name Fuck Cancer. Tell me about these parties. Where did you get the idea for the first party? What was that like? And, and what are your parties like now? Yeah. So one of the ways that we fundraise that definitely separates us from most other organizations um, is through this events model. And the the idea came after, you know, my mother passed away. It was the first event that we did. I was 19 at the time. You know, I wanted to do something to give back and I didn't really want to go to like a gala for a thousand dollars or a golf tournament. And I wanted to do something that resonated that I was doing anyways on the weekend and that my friends were doing anyways. And I was like, why don't we just throw a party, um, you know, invite the younger generation and kind of provide an opportunity for them to to get involved and, and give back in, in a fun, easy way. Totally. And so how many people showed up at your first party? And you were 19. Was this like a, you know, like a drug alcohol free no, party no i mean how did you pull that up well so the the legal uh drinking age in in uh, montreal is 18 oh nice so i was everything was okay so you're wasted i'm kidding i'm kidding <laughs> yeah um we had a few drinks toasted yeah. you know everyone um no i mean we were going out on the weekend and it was just a, like an easy outlet that mm -hmm. that kind of made sense at the time and um it wasn't open to the public it was a private event uh we had 350 people okay and um, the rest, they say, is history. And you raved until the break of dawn. Raved until the break of dawn. I've seen pictures of these parties. They're massive. They're massive. They're super fun. Um, yeah, of course, like, that's an element to it, you know, yeah. is the letting loose part. But there really is, um, like, a beautiful energy and power that you feel when you're standing in a room with, you know, thousands of people that are collectively coming together to fight back against a disease that has unfortunately affected so many people. Yeah, absolutely. What do you do to the smokers at the party? They're not allowed in. <laughs> really? Um, if you have to go outside for a smoke break, you're like, you can't come back in. 
Well, you know, it's 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 frowned upon. Um, uh-huh. No we, vaping. No vaping. It's like a whole new thing, vaping in oh, LA. It's, like, it's weird. I, I never, it's gross. It's so gross. And I feel like you can smell, like I'll be walking on the street and I could smell it from like a block away. It smells like fruity or something. Fruity, yeah. Right? It's weird. But it's weird. Yeah, we don't, we, we try and limit um, any That makes smoking. sense. Yeah. yeah. So I've been smoking on and off. I mean, for the most part, not smoking, but I'll smoke a cigarette once in a while. Tell me why I should stop. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's a it's, crazy question. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really it's horrible, it's horrible for you. It, it you really know, it's, it leads to it obviously leads to lung cancer in, in many situations, and it's just you're pumping toxins into your lungs, which I is know. not good. I'm so sorry that I'm raining on the parade right no, now. No, it's but not even a parade. It's disgusting. You got you got to replace it with other things. Yeah, like cookies. Or I was gonna say chocolate, but other drugs. <laughs> yeah. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, when you were like, I'm going to drop out of college, one, that's a huge thing to do. And you've chosen a career path that isn't one that's that people choose to make them like, you know, rich and famous. It's, you know, one that you chose for really personal reasons. And I think that's really cool. What was that thought process like? And how did you come to that conclusion? Yeah. Um, I mean, it happened really naturally and organically because it, yeah. it came out of the loss of my mother. So it, it wasn't like, I, you know, I woke up one day and was like, all right, I'm dropping out. This is what I want to do. Um, it started with this natural process of, you know, throwing the first event and then realizing that we were sitting on something that was really special and powerful and then realizing that I wanted to run with it um, and then seeing a tremendous demand come in. And, you know, one thing kind of led to the other. And it was it just got to the point where I needed to in order to really run with and give it my all, I needed to give it 100% of my time and effort. And I wasn't able to do that um, if I was focused or half focused on school. Mm-hmm. Is there any part of you that's like, I didn't finish college when? Not one ounce of me. Okay, cool. I, I get that a little bit. But. I never feel it. It's so, I feel like it's bad because you're supposed to say, listen, I mean, university is super important and I, you know, education, all that stuff. But, um, I just feel like I've learned so much being yeah. on the ground and meeting people and being exposed to a lot of situations that I don't think someone in their 20s would necessarily get to experience in in school. Yeah. I do miss um I would have loved to go away. Like I never went away for college. Like overseas. Yeah, or, like I I went yeah. to McGill University which is in Montreal. Okay. Um, but my sister went away for school. She's at Syracuse. Okay. And I went to go visit her the other weekend. It was the most fun. Was it? 72 hours. Ever, so. Because you get to kind of live vicariously, like the college experience. Oh my god, it was yeah. amazing. We tailgated, Crashing. and yeah, yeah, we were in her sorority house. It's like straight illegally blonde. Uh huh. Um, and it was, I was like fascinated. Was by there the a moment life. where you were like, "Man, I wish I was doing this"? Yeah. Really? But then I woke up Sunday morning feeling like crap, and I was like, "I'm probably totally. happy I'm know, not doing this every I weekend." I have one drink, and that's how I feel. Yeah. You have a co-founder, yes. but you guys co-founded your company. Apart. Yes. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, it's it's such a people are so fascinated with this story uh-huh. and how we all came together. Um, but yeah, we had started our own individual F cancers, um, not knowing that either of us existed. So I was focusing on on the ground events that were donating the money to research, and Yale was focusing on all um, digital, awesome online campaigns that focused on education, prevention, early detection. Mm-hmm. And we found out about each other about a year into both of us having started it. And we actually there no not a lot of people know this, but there was a brief moment where we actually might have we had a few discussions and we were thinking about potentially linking up. Mm-hmm. And at the time. Um, we were very much focused on our own individual brands. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then we, you know, we set, we kind of went our separate ways and fast forward two and a half years, three years later, we ended up meeting up again in LA 
And uh, it, it was awesome because, like, the stars kind of aligned. And at that point in time, we knew that we, we wanted to collaborate and work together. And we were both, instead of focused on the individual brands, we were focused on how we could make the greatest impact by collaborating and joining forces. Totally. Was there ever a moment where you're like, F this girl. She thinks <laughs> she can have a brand with my name. Like, I'm going to call my attorney. Um, do you guys ever joke about that? Do you ever joke about like, you know, I really considered blah, blah, blah. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I think the first time that we, um, that we met, I was like, so my arch nemesis. Yeah. Is that how you say it? No, I, yes. Yeah. Arch nemesis. No Anyways, one ever uses that term. And I love, I, I tried love. to, I tried to whip it out. It, arch didn't, nem- it, it arch didn't go so nem- well. Yeah, arch nemesis. Um, but anyways, yeah, of course we joke about it a little bit. Um, we knew about each other. We followed each other. But again, like ultimately, you know, my mother passed away from cancer. Her mother's a breast cancer survivor. We were both in this for the most purest of intentions. So I would never, you know, think poorly or negatively about someone else that's we're doing something to help <laughs> so, you know, so incredible. Yeah. Um, and that's making a positive difference. But I'm, I'm glad that we're working together now. So how long has it been since you guys decided to join forces? Two years. And so what has that been like? What were the first kind of moments of collaboration? And what do you think that joining forces has, has done for F cancer as a whole? I mean, it's, it's grown it tremendously and we just have a way stronger foundation now. We actually have a, a like a full team of staff. Wow. Um, an executive director and a board of directors, all the legitimate pieces that really you need to create a, a solid foundation company. It's a big deal. We, we, we started having, we started putting in place. So that was again exciting from, you know, having kind of done it out of our basements and being super grassroots and, you know, to, to go through that transition was, uh, extremely exciting. Why did you move to LA? I moved, well, so I moved because, um, Yale's here okay. and the rest of our team was here. Yeah. And I, I needed to, I needed to get out of my home. <laughs> I know. How many people do you guys have now? Uh, we have five. Okay. Cool. Yeah. What was it like to become a boss for the first time? It was weird and I'm still figuring it out and I'm yeah. still learning, um, and trying to Me manage too. it. <laughs> do you have any tips? Oh, God. Um, yeah, know. it's, it's tough because again, I'm, I'm the youngest on the team. They call me the young grasshopper, but you know, I do have a a compliment. Well, I hope so. Um, but I do have a sense of, you know, responsibility and and trying to lead, but also at the same time, understanding that the people I'm working with are way more experienced than me. So I'm, I'm trying to balance like leading, leading, but also learning. Yeah. What was the first thing that you did when you're like, I'm going to cobble together a nonprofit? I mean, I know you threw the party, but just. Where did you start? What were the first things that you did when you said, you know, I'm going to start F Cancer? I mean, originally when I started mine, it wasn't a non-for-profit. Um, so okay. we were a for-profit that was just giving away all the money we'd made to other non-for-profits. Techni- still kind of non-profit. I mean, it was yeah. a non-for-profit, but we, didn't ha- but we didn't have to deal with all the logistics it's, of yeah. actually like registering and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, when we merged with Yale, one of the great things is that she had already had the register. Yeah. The register She's non-for-profit. legit. She was legit. <laughs> she yeah. was legit. Um, so it ended up working out because we kind of just re-registered under her non-for-profit and... Um, and then we, you know, we have an amazing executive director who's worked in, you know, many different charities and, and yeah. public health. And she's very knowledgeable about all of those technicalities that sometimes I for some overlook a little bit. And that's one thing that I learned that I think is really fascinating. So the Girl Boss Foundation is not a 501c3. We're running it in partnership with one. Yeah. They're like our big brother and they have a board, but the Girl Boss Foundation doesn't have its own board. And so when I um, was learning about, you know, how giving back works and charitable 
you know, foundations and, you know, those things that are called foundations that aren't proper foundations. There's donor advised funds. Like yep. it's a totally, it's, it's confusing. Kind of, it really, it is. really is just for our listeners. Can, like what makes up a nonprofit and why is it so challenging to run one? Why is it different than just starting an Etsy store? Well, yeah. So I think, you know, a lot of times people kind of have this misconception that we're a foundation and that we give away the money. Mm-hmm. But being a 501c3, a registered non for profit, we have a mission statement. We have uh, programs and things that we want to create in-house and do. And we raise money and work towards building those out through fuck cancer. Okay. You know, that's what we're looking to do. That's what we're looking to build. That's what we're looking to grow. Of course, we like to support other organizations that fall within the lines of our mission statement. Mm-hmm. But our goal is to build it out in-house and use the assets that we have to really create, you know, the, the greatest impact we can in the cancer space. Absolutely. And so tell me how what you've raised to date has done that. What kind of programs have you created in order to fulfill your mission? Yeah, we've we've done a lot of programs. You know, we built out an on-the-ground support group for young kids whose parents have been diagnosed with cancer where they can go and kind of work through some of the stuff they're dealing with. Um, We worked with other organizations on the ground to fund free screening, which obviously directly falls under, um, you know, prevention or early detection. Mm -hmm. You know, we still do kind of the the online educational campaigns that focus on educating our um, our community on, you know, signs, symptoms, what to look for and how to kind of take action and know your body. But the biggest campaign that we've been working on for about a year and a half that we just started rolling out is a campaign called Not Us. Mm-hmm. And it's focused on us being the generation that essentially can eradicate HPV-related cancers. Okay. So we do that through education, but we also do that through on the ground, um, you know, partnering up with community health centers and schools and implementing staffing, incentives, education, and training to really make sure that everyone is getting vaccinated, that boys just as much as girls are getting vaccinated because mm-hmm. there's a misconception that guys don't need to be vaccinated. Yeah, I didn't know that. And just making sure that people, you know, follow up with their pap smears and get papped and get screening. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, you know, we're looking to shift the behavior of a generation and the way that we know how to do that is through education. Yeah, absolutely. What do you do as the chief revenue officer? And what is what does that mean? So chief revenue officer is uh, well so chief revenue officer essentially is is me having to or me in large part kind of having to to bring in the revenue. Yeah. Um, makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I got to bring in the money. Uh no, I mean of course, you know, there I have so much help and an amazing team behind me, but it's a definitely a focus of mine is to fundraise and make sure that we're we're staying current in our fundraising abilities. And how many events do you guys do in a year? We're averaging about 20 a year right now. And how do you put that on? I'm thinking about doing a girl boss conference thing in January and I'm like, who's going to do it? I can help you. I can help you. Oh my God. And you have five people. So you must work with outside producers or I don't even know. No, uh, sometimes we work with, you know, I wouldn't say outside producers. We work with, you know, different clubs and, and people that help out, but most of them are really like full out produced by F cancer. Wow. It's a lot. It's, yeah. it's, it's a, at times it's overwhelming, but it's just, I mean, to see the growth is really inspiring and it's a good feeling. 20 events a year. And those are just all over the country. All, yeah, all over, over North the, America. No, yeah. The Can't forget con- about Canada. The continent. Can't forget about Canada. No, let's right? not forget about Canada. And I, so I heard that you and Yale are both from Canada? Yeah. Yeah. It's, That's pretty weird. It's weird. Yeah. Um, she's born and raised Vancouver and I was born and raised Montreal. So East okay. Coast, West Coast coming together. Oh, Biggie and Tupac. We've healed so many wounds. <laughs> Just <laughs> um, You are making awareness raising and fundraising for preventing and curing cancer fun. I think that when people are entertained, their minds are more easily changed. 
I think that lecturing people or, you know, having people to a stuffy charity event, you can totally inform people. That's really great. But to bring out a lot of people to enjoy themselves and at the same time raise awareness for something um, like you're doing with your parties, I think, is a really powerful thing. You know, what do you think it is about our generation that makes us more equipped to eradicate something like cancer? I think it's because we have access to so much online and we're able to see and view so much change happen right in front of our very own eyes that it inspires us. Um, I feel like there's so many success stories and so many motivating, empowering stories of people making a difference and starting companies that, you know, help our, our world. And we're, we're exposed to that through Twitter, through Facebook, through Instagram, through any online outlet. And that, you know, that ignites people and Mm -hmm. it kind of pushes them to feel like they can do it too. Mm-hmm. Are a hundred percent of the proceeds that you guys raise through the parties? That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, I mean, we do have to cover expenses, like we have the T-shirts, is the ticket, and stuff like that. Totally. But our, I'd say our expenses are, are really low. So, have you worked with sponsors? Is that yeah. one way that you guys fundraise? Absolutely. What is that like? I mean, it's hard. <laughs> it's it's a grind. Yeah. It's so you have to create grind. relationships. How do you sell your idea to someone who wants to maybe? Um, associate their brand with what you're doing. How do you convince them that this is a good thing for them to do? I feel like when you have a good brand, there's not much convincing that needs That's to be done. That's good. That's good. <laughs> um, I think that the brand speaks for itself. The the event model, you know, it speaks for itself in terms of acquiring sponsors. Um, they're getting a tremendous amount of exposure. They're mm-hmm. working and having access to a lot of our celebrity supporters, which is obviously a big incentive for them. Mm-hmm. And they're getting the eyes and ears of a generation that, like you said, is is so engaged and open to to playing their part and making a difference. So yeah. um, we've had some success with with working with some awesome companies. Tell me about the celebrity supporters. How did that come about and who's been involved with Fuck Cancer? We've been really lucky. We've had a lot of um, – we have a, a lot of awesome support – it kind of happens, it happens naturally. You know, everyone asks, like, how did you get, for example, Puff to, or P. Diddy, uh-huh. <laughs> whatever he's called, <laughs> whatever today. he's called these days, we call him Puff. Um, <laughs> you know, how'd you get him to, to host your Miami event? Or how did you get, you know, Ed Sheeran to do an awesome campaign for you? Wow. Or Stephen Amell from Arrow on the CW is, is a huge, huge support for us. But again, I think, unfortunately, it's a cause that is so universal. So there is that uh, relationship that people have to it. But I think the, the essence and the kind of the energy of our organization is something that, you know, these celebrities really resonate with. Mm-hmm. And they connect to it and it's easy and fun for them and they want to help us make mm-hmm. a difference. So you have a really powerful board at F Cancer. I know I keep vacillating between fuck and F. I, I know, feel like I can only know. drop so many of should, them. I feel like you could drop as many as you want. I don't it know. It has to just go all, okay. all the way through. You guys have a really impressive board. And one thing I've learned is that surrounding yourself with influential people can do a lot for an organization. How has networking and having you know the right people on board with what you're doing benefited your business? Yeah, I mean it's it's super helpful. Um, it's really helpful when influencers and people in in a, a status of power and, and a level of power are are willing to get behind your cause and and you know pump their resources into helping you guys make a difference. So yeah, I mean our board is super helpful and we've worked with a ton of celebrities that that also help us kind of fulfill our mission. But again, you know. Even regardless of the networking, regardless of, of who's on our board or who we've worked with, if the essence and the depth of, of the organization, the model isn't there, they're not going to get on board. Mm-hmm. That's what people don't understand. It's like you still have to have an amazing product. You still have to have something that makes sense. So 
Absolutely. And a name that you can't forget. And a name that you can't forget. Have you ever gotten <laughs> any flack for the name? I mean, I named a company Nasty Gal and I feel like people are like, would you ever change it? I love and I'm it. I'm like, no, I don't know. It worked. But yeah. Has, have you ever gotten flack for it? Very rare. I mean, there's always a few, a few people that, you know, will, will kind of say something or, or give their, their opinion on, on the fact that they, they don't, they don't love the vulgarity. But the truth of the matter is, it's like anyone that's experienced cancer, like, that's an emotion that you, you have and that you feel. And, and the name, it's, it's not so much, you know, the swearing aspect. It's like, it's an aggressive attack on an aggressive disease. Mm-hmm. And it is something that, um, that resonates with our, our community. Yeah. I think that's really, really great. Um, I just like also dropping the f bomb. I know, time, totally. So it's, like, it's an excuse. I to get just to legitimately swear drop every the f bomb, like in all <laughs> the press that I do anywhere. Great. Um, it was so funny. I was at an event. And I was talking to a woman who runs or is part of UN AIDS, and it was interesting talking to her because, as a business person, I think about other retailers, other fashion brands that are like our competition. And in your business, your competition is AIDS, <laughs> human trafficking. Well, not not even like, though, because it's it's so different than what it, we're doing. It is, but on a global level, the way she was talking about it was just so interesting because there's shifts over the course of history where people care more about different causes at different times. And so, yeah, it's just like, that's so fascinating to me. And yeah, thinking in terms of competition probably doesn't benefit anybody. Yeah. I mean, ideally, like for us, like I'd love to be out of a job, right? Because mm-hmm. for me, if, if I didn't, if there wasn't, if we didn't have to deal with this issue of cancer being such a prevalent disease, um, you know, I wouldn't have a job. And I always tell people, like, I'd like to not have this job yeah. at, at some point because it means, you know, we, we got to that place where totally. we made the same strides that, for example, you know, so many age charities were able yeah. to do. Someday I don't want to be celebrated as having accomplished a lot because I'm a girl. You know, <laughs> yeah, that that would be good. That's too. the idea here is that to just be, be loud enough about it to where it's just normal. where it's not even shocking anymore. Yeah, totally. There's a question that I ask every one of our guests on Girl Boss Radio, and that's who would you brunch with if you could power brunch with one girl boss? And I'm just so curious who that would be for you. Hands down, Angelina Jolie. Oh wow, cool. Um, that's that's pretty. Yeah, that but makes but sense. here's the thing. So like, obviously she's she's incredible, but for me, like, I just like look at the way that she kind of shifted her life, and she went from being a bit of probably a party girl and a little irresponsible to really having this deep need of being of service to others yeah. and living a life of service to others. And I just find it super inspiring. And and also her her mother passed away from ovarian cancer as well. Oh wow! Okay. So I feel like there's this weird. You guys could Connection. really bro down on that. <laughs> I want to like just have a few glasses of wine with her. And, totally. And kick it. <laughs> yeah. What do you, do you know? Have you read enough about her to know why that, what shifted in her to where she was driven to change her life in that way? I'm so curious. Yeah, I, I don't know too much about her. I think I, I saw an, uh, an interview once where she said that she was filming a movie in Asia, I believe. Uh-huh. And that's when she met her first son that she, that she oh, adopted. Oh, okay. Um, and she just said she fell in love. And then the second she became a mother, she realized, um, how important it was to be of care, yeah, care for others. Wow. That's so interesting. I think. Don't quote me on that. What is a normal day like for you? And then how do you stay organized? How do you stay on it? To be honest, organization is probably not my strongest suit. <laughs> um, but I feel like it's something you just have to accept and kind of run with, and it makes you who you are, for better or for worse. But, I mean, a typical day, there's no real schedule, which is which is kind of awesome. Um, you know, I wake up, like, 8 o'clock and, mm-hmm. and start my day. But sometimes it could be spent at the office. Sometimes it could be spent downtown L.A., having meetings with people, conference calls, all that stuff. So it's pretty dynamic, which is which keeps things interesting. Totally. Do you use, like, a calendar app? Do you use, like, lists? Do you... 
I do, do you have an lists? assistant? Like, no, God, no. Um, I feel like, yeah. I, yeah, I make lists. I, I'll do that. I'll, and honestly, this is super weird, but I actually like writing it out with a pen and paper. Yeah. And then I've I like, that. I like the process of crossing it off because mm-hmm. I feel like it's everything that I have to get done one by one. It's like coming off Who of my back. Who was it that we just had on the podcast that said the exact same thing? They literally have to create a checkbox yeah. for like, like I'm going to exercise or I'm going to like the littlest things. Um, one other question. So we ask our guests um, and our listeners to tweet and Instagram in their girl boss moments. And a girl boss moment's like, I don't know, it's like kind of like a Hallmark moment. Girl boss is about being deliberate in your life. It's about owning your life and making choices rather than letting life happen to you. So our listeners tweet and Instagram in their girl boss moments for the week, which can be, I gave myself a bath. Like I found 20 minutes for a bath or it's awesome. I or, like yeah, totally. Or, or, you know, we raised another $100,000 for fuck cancer. Fuck cancer. Um, <laughs> what in the last week was your girl boss moment? I recently had a conversation with my sister who just moved back from Syracuse for the summer. And, you know, she she's having a hard time kind of readjusting to being back at home. And my dad's girlfriend of five years recently moved into the house. Um, I ended up, you know, not going out one night. And I kind of spent the night on the phone with her having a conversation and it was it was really cool because in that moment I kind of felt like I was there for her in the way that my mother would have been. Oh wow. And I felt just really special that I was able to play that role and somehow I was kind of keeping my mother's legacy alive through giving her support. So that's so cool. that would be my moment. <laughs> Seems like you've dedicated your whole life to keeping your mother's legacy alive. I'm trying. It's really cool. I'm thing. trying. She was super special, so I'm gonna do my best. Julie, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for joining me on Girl Boss Radio. Thank you for having yeah, me. It's been, been awesome. Fun. All right, that was another episode of Girl Boss Radio. We'll be back next week with angel investor, advisor, and friend of mine, Sarah Christensen. Our producer is Shara Morris. Thanks also to Emily Rubin, Kristen Meinzer, Laura Mayer, and Andy Bowers at Panoply. Thank you also to the band Phases and to my husband, Joel Jarek de Graff, for our music on the show. I'm Sophia Amoruso. I'll talk to you next week.